Welcome back, welcome back, welcome back everybody to another episode of An Evolved Review. I'm your host, James Caleb Kitchens. I'm joined each and every week by none other than my co-host, the man who watches more wrestling than anyone in the known multiverse, straight from the SWN, Caleb Stovall. Welcome. It's true, it's true. <laughs> What's it going on, my man? Don't don't throw the it's damn true in there. You'll get a cease and desist from Kurt Angle's lawyers. Oh, Lord. <laughs> and if, you, if you're watching this on any of our uh, video platforms, uh, you, you won't notice just yet if you're on audio. But uh, we have a special guest with us today, none other, from the Tapped Out Wrestling Podcast, Myron. Welcome to the show, man. Finally hey, glad to have you on here. I am so glad to be here. Thank you, guys. Um, I love doing things like this, and this is uh, it's an honor to be here. It's an Thank honor you, to be man. here. There's been so many luminary guests y'all have had on, friends, people I look up to, and uh, it's an honor to be here. Thank you. You could yeah, have picked man. a better episode, though. <laughs> That's true. You know, uh, our, <laughs> my, my, my buddy Ace, uh, you know, every time he comes on here, it's always like he covered the Benoit episodes with us. Ah. And then we brought him on this season to do Pillman. And it's so it's like, yeah, if, if someone tr dies tragically and horribly, he's the guy. <laughs> he, and we were talking about that on the episodes. Like, why can't you have me on for like a Herb Abrams or, you know, <laughs> something like that. Well, you know, at least at least they get heroes. We get I get a child molester for this episode. Oh, that's true. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and put the disclaimer out here right now, folks, that this yeah. is going to be this is going to be tough. OK, yeah. if you sat through this episode and you were insanely uncomfortable, you're probably about to sit through this podcast and be insanely uncomfortable, too, uh, as as one can only be when talking about this. But I want to get this right out in the front. I think it's important to remember uh, you know, if you listen to um, Dark Side of the Podcast, which I, ne I never plug on here, because if, if you're going to listen to a podcast about Dark Side of the Ring, I want you to listen to this one. But, uh, you know, it's got the producers on there, and they talked about the reason they really wanted to do this episode is because they wanted people to, who were victims, like this family was, to be able to come forward yeah. and to feel empowered to come forward. And so... It's very important to keep in mind that that's the purpose of this of the episode, um, and, you know, as we go through it because it is very tough material. Yeah, yeah. It, um, I listen to that podcast obviously all the time. Um, that literally the day after, and it actually um, it, it there was some problems downloading it and stuff like that. And I don't I don't know if that has anything to do with some of the material that even they had to talk about on the podcast. But yeah. Um, I can't wait to dive into it, man, because uh, I, I will say this. I listened to Jim Cornette's review of it because obviously he likes Dark Side because he's on it and stuff yeah. like that. But um, he was just like, wow, man, that was a that was an episode. And I was I, like, yeah, that's pretty much my thoughts. <laughs> it's definitely dark. Uh, before we get into it, though, um, Myron, I want to uh, I want to give you a chance, man. I, you're from the Tapped Out Wrestling yes. Podcast. We plug you guys on here all the time. Thank you. I do appreciate that every time. Um, I'm, I'm a patron. I listen every week. So tell, tell us where the where we can hear that. Well, that does mean a lot to me. Folks, the Tapped Out Wrestling Podcast is available on every major podcasting platform, iTunes. It's available on Amazon Music, which is my personal favorite. Um, and also, we're on a Facebook we do a video show every week and we do a Patreon with an early video show. And if you don't want to watch on Facebook, you can sign up for a free Patreon membership and watch it there when it releases for the Excellent. fans. Yes. Yeah. I I'm a patron. I, I very much, and I don't give away my money for free folks. Like <laughs> I, I very much love the content that I get uh, from that membership. It's yes. definitely worth it. Yes. Yes. Nick is working. Nick is probably the hardest working man in podcasting. And comic book sales. I don't know if you know about that. He's got a quite a lucrative comic sales business. Y'all got to if you like comic books, check out him. Yeah, uh, everybody that we have on here is somehow involved in like comic books in some way. It seems it's wrestling, wrestling, comic books, video games. I'm not into anime, but that's a big one too. Yeah, I, I can recall the first time uh, back when I used to still wrestle, uh, being in the locker room, and one of the, like the older guys comes in there, and he's like, "Man." I used to watch walk in these locker rooms and there'd be a bunch of old guys doing pills and shit. And now it's just a bunch of nerds playing Game Boys. And, <laughs> and I was like, yeah, that's kind of, that's how it went. I, I think, I think we're in a much better spot now. Yes. Uh, um, yes. Yeah. That being said. Let's, well, speaking of pills and all kind of other abuse, this is yeah. the episode for that. It, oh. it definitely was. <laughs> um, so uh, the, the main event, 
uh, here today is the uh, the Grizzly Smith episode. In the Shadow of Grizzly Smith is the full title. Um, this was a tough episode to get through. Um, Myron, you got guest privilege here. Uh, I'll let you go first. Uh, what, what's kind of like your overall thoughts on this? You know, like before, you know, what what did you think about the situation before you saw this episode? And then, like, when you saw the episode, you know, how did that kind of change your perception of it? I had heard stories. I'd heard the story uh, about how Jake was fathered. I'd heard things. I'd also heard a lot of stories about Grizzly Smith working the territories and always being in his car, going from town to town and being never missing anything and being Watts' front man out on the street. Uh reprehensible character i have uh almost had sam houston as a guest on the show before he uh he i didn't book that that was booked by a friend of ours who wanted me to do it for him and uh he ghosted me and didn't show up and then about a week later or two weeks later he sent me a request asking to be on the show so he could talk about his message well the message part is uh the disturbing thing because i don't think anybody wanting to share messages you know really has anything worth saying um sam is clearly probably the most damaged mentally of the group rock and robin seems to be the most well adapted and jake is jake we all know jake struggles this was a hard episode to watch um i grew up watching jake the snake when he was in wbe when that character was the focus of every heel thing he could possibly do uh, he scared the hell out of people, mostly me. So seeing somebody that scared you in a vulnerable situation like this is a hard thing. But this right. is just a horrible story. Yeah, absolutely. Caleb, same question. What about you, man? Um, What, uh, if I knew anything about Grizzly Smith? Yes. Or... Yeah, what did you know about this going into it? And then, you know, how did this episode kind of change <laughs> that for you? Well, so I knew about Jake's struggles. We all know about that. You know, that, that, that's been public knowledge. I didn't know all of this stuff. Um, and now I'll be honest, as you know, as much wrestling as I watch and stuff like that, I don't know anything about Grizzly Smith. That was way before my time uh, and stuff like that. So I don't know anything about that. However, I do have a personal Jake the Snake story. Um my father, when uh, when um, I was a little kid and everything, when he worked for WGAC, the radio station in Augusta, Georgia, um, this was when wrestling was like really, really popular. And um, and, you know, they would actually go on radio stations and stuff like that. So Jake makes an appearance at WGAC on the morning show that my dad uh, hosted. And so he uh, got to meet Jake the Snake and I was there with him and I got to meet Jake the Snake Roberts that day. And um, Jake comes up to me because apparently my dad had been talking to him for a little bit and he goes, he goes I hear that, uh, that, that, that you don't like snakes or something like that. And my dad comes up behind me as he's talking to me and just goes, <laughs> Oh, <laughs> it's God! Scared oh. the piss out of me. I can imagine. But the, and then they and then they just sat there laughing at me, and I was just like, "All right, well, so that was my introduction to Jake the Snake." <laughs> right. <laughs> so, um, and then I have an autographed picture. I wish I had it with me. I don't have it with me. I um, I'll try to bring it on like for a future podcast as as like a little bonus thing, but like. I have an autographed picture of Jake the Snake Roberts. I, I got one myself, but I got it late season Jake the Snake when he was at Southern Honor one night. Oh, I was going to say, is it on the wall behind you there? Is it's it up the higher. Wall? It's up higher. I've got, I actually cool. have probably another 20 or 30 of those things I need to get up on the wall. I just don't have the. Yeah construction experience it, it's dangerous man when you start when you start putting up art in your house it, it especially prints it's so dangerous because number one it, if you it costs a fortune to frame anything and especially if you get anything custom framed yes and then and then you never have enough space or enough time and there's always stuff waiting to be hung up mm -hmm. it's just mm -hmm. a never-ending uh it's a never-ending thing 
Uh, <laughs> I, ha I have a, a pretty good Jake story myself. It's very recent. Um, uh, Joe Brown and I from uh, Joe from Suplexes and Microphones has been on the show a few times. So we went to Dragon Con uh, in 2019. Um, and this may have been Joe's first Dragon Con. I don't know. But we actually, he, he had a panel there. And we got to listen to him speak, and um, you know he kind of talked about his story and his recovery, and um, you know, like everybody in the room, I think was like either in tears or on the verge of it because he's such a good storyteller. Mm. And and the thing that made him such an incredible professional wrestler is he has that ability to pull you in yeah. to what he's trying to make you feel. And so when that emotion is genuine, and he doesn't have to make it up for wrestling. It's like amplified, right? Oh. And um, we were sitting right there front row, and I was like, this is one of those times I wish I had been in the back. I don't want to be this close to him. Because, like, I mean, I was tearing up, uh, especially because, like, uh, everybody knows I'm a big Diamond Dallas Page mark. And, uh, like, he was like, uh, he was he was Superman to me when I was a kid. And so, you know, to, to find out that, like, the guy you thought was a hero as a kid, like as an adult really is a hero to somebody was incredible to me. Mm -hmm. And I'll never forget that. Um, yeah, that's awesome. That might be the last heartwarming thing that gets said on this podcast. Right? <laughs> well, well, real, well, real quick, uh, back to your original question. Um, I didn't know much about Sam Houston until uh, recently because I listened to what happened when with Tony Schiavone They've been covering all of 86 on the NWA, and I was actually going back and watching um, those uh, old studio shows, which, by the way, is some of the greatest stuff I've ever seen, even though it's a bunch of jobber matches. I don't care. <laughs> like, I wish people – I wish they would – well, NWA with uh, Billy Corgan has brought it back and whatnot, the studio wrestling, but I wish, I wish someone else would also bring it back because that stuff – uh, was awesome back in the day, but I didn't know much about Sam Houston, but I've seen a few of his matches since then. And, uh, he is dude, he really is a really good worker. He was not though, a good promo person, not whatsoever. <laughs> like his promos were terrible, but you know, he's a really good worker. Well, you know, we almost all, we always get into like who they interview for the episode. And yeah. I, in my opinion, dark side of the ring is usually at its best when it's a small cast. Um, yep. And everybody has a lot of time to talk. And this is one of those episodes where they they kept it very tight. It's mostly the family. Uh, Jim Cornette's on here. But, I mean, for the most part, we, we get the family. It, there's some other people that come in. Um, Baby Doll's on here. But for the most part, they kept it to, like, the kids. And then my favorite, Buzz. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. Um, I think out of everybody that talked, Sam Roberts is like, I mean, he just seemed deranged and like gone. Sam like, Houston, yes. Uh, Sam Houston, Go yes. Um, dare say that name? <laughs> yeah, my bad. I, re I really do think he is deranged and gone. And but I look, folks. Oh, yeah. Everyone here had a substantial mental illness, whether it be substance abuse. I don't know what you're going to call pedophilia, but some people had impulse control issues. Basically, these people were damaged. I think Robin was probably my f the most appealing character. Yes. On the show. Right. I'll agree with that. Yeah, I mean, I, I very much like that at no point in time do they, like, give Grizzly Smith any sort of anything to, to make you think that he was anything other than a monster. Yeah. And that's, that's important. Uh, they talked about his beginnings, and anytime you talk about somebody's, like, you know, coming-of-age story or whatever, uh, there's always, like, that... Uh, sort of, you know, inspiring bit or whatever. It, you you run the risk of like making them an endearing character. They did not do that here, thankfully. Mm. Uh, very uh, very skilled narrative on the part of Dark Side of the Ring uh, because they they talk about him working in the oil field and how he just was a tough guy and like people used to come up and hit him in the stomach for money. Uh, you know, which is an interesting like you know, and. Uh, and then they, they talk about him getting into wrestling. Mm. And uh, it's it's very shortly after that that, you know, they get into into the kids. Uh, Cornette comes on and he's talking about how, you know, he would hear references and jokes and things like that. Mm. Um, but, you know, none of them had any idea what was actually going on, at least 
no one's willing to say they had any idea of what was going on. Yeah. Um, but, you know, at least with Cornette here, I, I believe him because if Cornette had known, there's no way he would have gone around speaking so highly of Grizzly Smith for the yeah. next 20 years. Yeah, yeah. Um, Baby Doll was kind of troubling. I think she was probably, uh, maybe she knew, I don't know. But it was a, the whole thing was warped. The whole thing, the, the, the parents waving as their 14-year-old daughter got in the car with Grizzly Smith to go right around the wrestling territories? Yeah. That's the one that got me. Like, like when I heard that, I was like, wait, what? Like, why would, wh why would those parents do that? Do they, do they owe Grizzly money or something like that? Like, do they owe it? Like, what the fuck was that? I, it, I, I spent a little while on that same line of questioning, and then I just decided I didn't want to know the answer. Well, no. Like, fandom, <laughs> I think maybe fandom. I have a daughter. She's yeah. 17 now. Um, I've always been paranoid. It's one of my worst categories, but um, not categories, characteristics. But I, I, I was always freaking out that somebody would try to hurt that child. Um, maybe it was a more naive time, you know, maybe child molestation and kidnapping and all these other things weren't brought up the way it is now. But yeah, it's 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 very possible. And and that kind of goes into why they, you know, that's why they want to do the episode. Um, and why they wanted to have, you know, them come out and share their experiences and talk about this stuff because it is very real and it's stuff that goes on way more often than we would like to think it does. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. But you know, if like fucking like Bray Wyatt showed up at somebody's house and wanted to take their kid on a road trip with them, they wouldn't let him go. Like, no, <laughs> you know, what the hell? No, uh, maybe we're in a better place as a society that, be, that we he, know this now. Yeah, I agreed. He would be that Me Too movement, like right off the bat. <laughs> yeah, yeah, That's I mean, enough. and rightfully so. Oh, I, yeah, absolutely. I, I, I like how very early in the episode, they let Jake just break the ice. He just says, my dad was oh. a disgusting pedophile. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And it was like, you could just hear the breaks in the background. You know, records, record player stops. Um, you know, it was just like, that's a hell of a thing to lead in with, like, you know, five minutes into the episode. Hey, yes. Yeah. My father was pedophile. Like, just... They set this stuff up so well. Yeah. Um, Chris Jericho is so damn good. I thought I was going to really want to see uh, Dutch Mantel continue, but since Jericho has taken over, I really think as a narrator, he's phenomenal. Yeah, I liked I liked Dutch. I really love... Um, the the I think Mick only did one episode. Yeah, right? I think yeah. so. The Bruiser episode. Uh -huh. Yeah. Um, and that that may be my favorite. It's certainly our audience's favorite episode. We've got yeah. like so many damn views and comments and everything. If you go and look at our YouTube page and look at that episode, there's like a whole debate in the comment section mm -hmm. about it. I mean, it's just you know, it's the kind of you know, uh, like fan interaction that you you know you hope for when you do something like this. Yeah. Um, and it's our most popular episode on audio platforms. So I loved Mick's narration in that one. But you're right. Jericho, it's like, Jericho is is made for for this. I mean, he just does such yeah. a great job with it. Yeah, yeah. he does. I, it, I, I love it. I've loved it ever since he took over and stuff like that. And Mick Foley really only did the Bruiser Brody one because they knew that a lot of modern wrestling fans today would not recognize um bruiser brody's name and stuff like that right off the bat so they're like well here is a guy that people know everyone knows mm. mick foley by now you know so they're like all right well if we have him you know lead in then it can work or you know it can make this scene bigger and stuff like that but i i love chris jericho as the as the narrator um and before we go any further i gotta say this about jake the snake roberts man I just every time just put him in front of a camera, just put him anywhere and just let him talk. And I will be able to sit there for hours and be entertained. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, just, Oh my God. Like even this, the stories that he's telling, and I get that they're all personal, but just the way that he tells them, I mean, the, the, the way that he's, you know, is he's still selling the Jake, the snake Roberts character too. Even like, like when he does his little, <laughs> like that yeah. like i'm just like like i love it i can't help it um 
because I, I know we're about to talk about a lot of uncomfortable stuff still, but just the way that he talks, man, oh my God, he just shows why he's been or why he is considered one of the greatest promos of all time. Oh, yeah. And, uh-huh. and you know, I, I still hope that he gets his own episode because there's enough with Jake where they could still come back in a season four or season five and give mm-hmm. him his own episode because there's a ton of stuff that they could not cover here. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, as a matter of fact, uh, the producers of the show said, like, we had enough material. We could have done a season yeah. of this. Uh, oh, God. You know. Can you only imagine what they had? Yeah, I don't, I mean. Well, not oh. just well, not just Jake the Snake, but how about Sam Houston? Yeah, 32 Crown and Cokes. I figured that up. That's not like a, yeah. like a handle. Yeah, we were talking about that, and I was like, man, okay, I would be impressed if you drank 32 Cokes. Just Cokes. <laughs> <laughs> right i mean because that's a, that's a lot of coke i mean that's i mean you know that, that's a lot of sugar man uh, like a, a can of coke has 56 grams of sugar in it right that's a lot of sugar that's a lot of car i'm just saying i'm yeah. just saying that's a lot. he drank two-fifths of liquor to put it in in liquor terms he drank two bottles of crown yeah. royal yeah i've drank I mean, one bottle of crown royal at a sitting of an, a long sitting I'm not proud of my liquor tolerance. Two bottles would have killed me. Even if the most liquor I could have drank, two bottles would have killed me. How? Yeah, I, I had like so many good, DUIs. I All like a DUIs. good Crown and Coke, but I, I don't think I've, I don't think I've had 32 Crown and Cokes in a month. Well, <laughs> you know, <laughs> these were the 70s. I don't know what to tell you, um, yeah. guys. That's that's crazy. And the, the, I told I told uh, Mr. Kitchens the other day. I said. The best thing they did this whole episode was Baby Doll, for fuck's sake. Last time I saw her, she looked like she'd been in a river three or four days, dead. <laughs> and they actually made her not look quite as bloated. Uh, it was a. It, she's not a. She's not attractive anymore. But good God. That was um. That was just quite the way to put it. <laughs> um, yeah. um. Yeah. Well. I, well I, <laughs> I might have to steal that one. Yes. Uh, yeah. All right. So let, let's let's go through here and, and just kind of we talked about Jake, but there's there's one line in the episode that I don't want to I don't want to skip over this. Um, he he talks about his 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 real name his his government name, uh, Aurelian Smith, which is a cool name. Um, but I you know I, I love the line in the show where he says that that person kind of ceased to exist around age 12 or 13. And he just, there's never been that person again. And like, I'm like, I really hope this guy has a great therapist because there's legitimate, like, um, you know, like DID, you know, kind of symptoms here that he's displaying. You know, this is like a real thing that happens to people where, you know, you go through such a traumatic event that you create like another personality to, to take on that trauma, uh, you know, and it's a real thing. It's kind of a very toned down of like what the movie split was about. Um, you know, and I just thought that that was powerful and incredibly yes. interesting. Very disturbing. Very disturbing. I have a good therapist, but my therapist couldn't even help him. I mean, he needs like next level, like team of scientists and therapists. God almighty that when he said that it was, I'm Jake the snake. I can handle Jake the snake when he's chained, you know, you know, Jake, the snake's a bad guy. And he became that guy to hide his pain. Yeah. Oh, and, and unfortunately he's in the business where that is pretty much most celebrated is when you lose yourself in a character like that, you know, like, like that's where you're supposed to is pro wrestling. Well, he seems like he took it a step further. You know, and, and 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 we just didn't realize it all these years later uh, and stuff like that. You know, it, it sucks, though, in a way, because it's like, well, if he hadn't have gone that far into his character, would he be as good at his promos and stuff like that? You know, it, it's a cautionary tale, man, because, you know, if you look at this season, every subject this season so far has fallen into that trap. Pillman. Nick Gage, Jim Helwig, yeah, Jake. 
I mean, all of them at some point or another, they they fell too far into their characters. Uh, Nick Gage is is still his character all the time, one hundred percent of the time. He just is that guy. I can um, watch that one. <laughs> I'm, I'm um, too old school. I, I can't. I'm don't. I'm not a deathmatch fan. Nothing against anybody that likes it. Just had no interest in that one. Well, hey, folks, cheap plug. If you uh, want to go check out that episode, you can find it anywhere your podcasts are heard. Yes. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um. All right, so uh, we talked about Jake. Let's talk about Robin, uh, which is um, somebody that, uh, you know, a, a lot of people today may or may not be familiar with. Um, she was a great performer. Um, yeah. it, you know, I haven't seen a ton of her stuff because she's before my time. Mm -hmm. But the stuff I have seen has been pretty good, and I thought that I agree with you, Myron. I think that she was probably the most, like, well put together of everybody. Yeah. Yeah, that pic, that pic, do you see that picture of her, Bambi and Malia Hasaka? I saw that, and I'm like, oh my God, that was a long time ago. I think, she, and, and I was really, the thing that hurt me the most is, these three people that could help each other are no longer in contact at all. Yeah, that they've never been close. Um, you know, that's that's one of the things that's really, you know, just awful about all of this is that the you know, it, it's not it's not just the the physical and the sexual abuse; it's the the mental abuse too, yes. because they were all separated. They were it's divided like, on purpose. Yeah, yeah. Because because you know, if they could have come together, then they probably could have done something about it. Yeah. But if if you keep them all isolated and feeling like they're completely alone all the time, you start to develop, um, you know, sort of Stockholm syndrome from your for your abuser because that's the only person you have. Yeah. Yeah, the, uh, the the story that really uh, got me, or one of them, was uh, obviously one of them, but um, was when she was talking about how, you know, the, the first time she went, uh, she was, I guess, living with him, or, um, or I, I don't know exactly, but, you know, th there was like a few months where he didn't even show her any attention. He ignored her. Mm -hmm. he, 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 you know, didn't love her or anything, and... Um, you know, at that age for a child, that's very confusing because it's like all you want at that age is the love of your parents. She even says that, you know, that that's all you want at that age. And it's true. You know, if your parents don't love you, well, then, you know, who does and stuff like that. And then, you know, her mother was out one day and he does the whole daddy loves you and everything. You, you know, daddy loves you. He's just under all this stress. And then he put his hands on her and stuff like that. And that was the first time that he put his hands on her. I'm go like, I literally looked at the TV and I was just like, you motherfucker. Like, <sighs> like that just like, if I saw or heard someone doing that and I saw them in front of me, I would punch them straight in the face. Like I, I would, I, I would do something about that. I don't mean to cast Grizzly in a positive light, but is this behavior learned or taught? Was he I mean, someone who, who experienced it himself and knew how to do it from that? I was trying to figure that out myself because there's a little video clip that they show. And it's really the only time that we hear yeah. his voice, which is where he was like, my father gave me a whooping or gave you a whooping uh, when he thought you needed it. He gave you a whooping every time you did something stupid or anything like that. Well, he said when you thought you needed it. All right, what does that classify in your eyes? You know, like, what does that mean? You know, did, I don't know, but something somewhere, he he flipped and, like, thinks it's okay to do all this stuff. I, I don't know. Like, I, I, I can't fathom a human being acting like that. I definitely got the idea from that, that clip that you referenced, that he was at least physically abused as a yeah. kid. Yeah. And that generates a lot of anger and hatred and just, you know, kind of a disdain for people's humanity um, in people. Yeah. And and especially if you never got any help, which, of course, he didn't, uh, because back then that wasn't a thing that people did. Um, if you went to go see a therapist, then you were a crazy person out of your mind and they should lock you up. Yeah. You know, uh, mental health was, you know, it's still stigmatized today. Yeah. But back then it was... A million times worse. Mm -hmm. Yes. And, and so, yeah, I mean, you get the idea that he was probably at least physically abused as a kid. 
And I mean, all those times that he was ignoring her, I mean, he was grooming her. Yeah. He, you know, he was making her attention starve so that when he gave her his twisted version of attention, that she would reciprocate. I, and um, that yeah. is incredibly fucking sick, folks. I evil. Mean, just yeah, evil. Just, just, oh my God. Like, right. Like, I, I, I would, I would, it, it'd be the only time where I'd be like, I'm going to kill this motherfucker, like, if I see him. Like kind of thing, like yeah. I mean, I I think I think everybody who watched this episode was just like, I could I could fucking you know shoot Grizzly Smith in the face and then sleep like a baby that night, you know. But you uh, know what? But 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 here's the thing: as the episode's going on, I'm thinking this can't get much worse. And then that's it, actually the that's the perfect lead in uh, because I was just going to talk about Joe Lynn. Uh, which yep. was the the, uh, the half sister? Um, this is an incredibly disturbing yes. uh, part of the episode, possibly the most disturbing, yeah. because she goes and she talks to uh, to Robin, yeah. And basically, it, it's from the way Robin talks about it, she didn't exactly come out and say what happened, but she could tell. I mean, having gone through it herself, yeah, she could tell that that you know the abuse had happened and that she was possibly considering exposing him or trying to do something about it and all of a sudden lo and behold you know there's she's gone without a trace and i think the smoking gun here is that you know there's no note left they say there was no sign of a struggle in the house but he said that she was kidnapped yeah I mean, if you come home and the kid's missing, how do you immediately go that they were kidnapped if there's not like a note or a ransom? or? Yeah, that's the weirdest thing about that whole thing. Did someone see it happen? The trailer park guy, the trailer park supervisor, um, was the one who waved down the cop in the situation. Um, now, I looked into this. There's not a lot of information flowing around about this, except for on some of those wrestling pages where they just go out of the way to expose those past sins of people. There are pages out there like that, and they're kind of fascinating. But she married a man much older than her. She had made herself a new life outside of the situation. She meets with Robin, and she disappears. I don't even know. I mean, would it would? I, I can't. I can't. Can't even speculate. So yeah. much involved in this. I dude, there is because on, on the one hand, the the person who is really suspected is the ex-wife, right? Of mm-hmm. um of uh Jolene's current husband at the time, right? Mm-hmm. What, what wasn't that what I was gathering from? Yeah, she uh, served time for it actually. Yeah, yeah. Um, and she confessed to it, but without the body, they can't, you know, um they can't convict it as murder because they're like, well, we don't know what happened to her, you know, kind of thing. And when I heard the incinerator part, that was when I just was just like, like I, here was the thing. I was listening um, to the ultimate warrior dark side of the podcast. Right. And at the end of it, they were hyping Grizzly Smith and they said, this is probably the darkest episode we've ever done. And I thought, I thought there is no fucking way in hell that this is darker than Owen Hart and Chris Benoit. I was wrong. I was right up there with them. Freaking wrong on that. Like I, I I, I can't even fathom that. It like, and here was the thing that um, I don't know if this. I don't know if this was evidence or just something that stuck out to me, but Jake the Snake said it. He was like, that was the only time my father ever missed a wrestling match was Mm. for that. So I got to speculate on that, that him being such a, um, I was going to say, how can I say this and give the man the least amount of credit possible? Him being such a reliable person, for the wrestling business and being such a, a professional as far as attending shows and you know meeting his wrestling obligations i think that that's something that a person like this does to try to like make up for 
how like awful they are outside of this. That would make sense. That you know, it's sense. it's it's like they they they're telling themselves that they're like, you know, it's like oh these these terrible things that I'm doing. He know he had to have known it was wrong, you know. But it's like oh well, I can segment that away from this persona that I put out here for everybody else. That's the real me. That's not really me doing all these terrible things, yeah. you know. That it, it's like that's that's how I could put it together inside of his head, you know. And it's like the the twistedness just has no limits, you know, as far as like the the just the the mental derangement of this guy. Yeah. Yeah. And the part uh, where he brought the the girl over to Robin's house. I was going to I was going to uh Hey, like, like I remember that story as well. Like, and she knew something was up. Like, she was just like, "You're going, but she's staying here." Can you imagine how much guts it took for her to do that? Right. Like, like it, like you know, they kind of gloss over that. But when you're hearing all these stories and stuff like that, I would not put it past this dude, and and like him, like lean back and just start beating the shit out of her because yeah. he knew it. He was, I, I mean, he was big and stuff like that. And, and I'm sure he would do that. I'm sure he probably would have tried to kill her right there. I think he did that. It's just another gesture of power as, as, as taking advantage of someone and showing someone you took advantage of that you're still doing it. Maybe that was where it was. It was all so traumatic though. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it must have taken a lot of a lot of guts um, to stand up to him like that. I mean, in that moment, I was just like, "This is not somebody that you want to fuck with." No, she she has been through stuff yeah. that would break most people, and for her to be sitting here telling this story, uh, and for her to have done that is incredible. Um, mm. You know, yeah. Um, I mean, I mean, she says the line uh, uh, in the thing. She's like, "Drinking was uh, never pro. Drinking was never a problem. I did it quite well." <laughs> yeah, I mean, how could you not? I like yeah. that's my thing. Now I kind of get why Jake the Snake, you know, had all these drug problems and stuff like that. Because it's just like, dude, how can you not? Yeah, I would probably do crack too. <laughs> I mean, if you know, it's like whatever you know. If you if if you go through this amount of pain as a child. And, and are living with it as an adult. And I mean, you know, there's so many layers to this. Because it's like, okay, he endured it. He had to watch his father do it to other people. You know, he I'm sure he blamed himself that he could have saved other people from his yeah. dad. You know, there's just it's so many layers to this. So when he goes and finds a substance that can turn all that off, yeah, I mean, uh, you can completely see why he would go down that path. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. Not condoning that at all, folks. Therapy, not crack. All right. If yeah, you listen to yeah, that. yeah. Absolutely. Um, like, once yes. you got good insurance, which is sad that you have to have good insurance for mental health care. Yeah. Ther- uh, therapy, good. Crack, bad. If you don't have health care, just stick to weed. That'll do it. <laughs> well, it's better yeah. than crack. Right. Yeah. Way better. Uh, you won't get a Dark Side of the Ring episode off smoking weed. Crack, no, we're not going to get the Rob Van Dam episode, folks. It's not going right. to happen. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Um, that being said, uh, I want to talk about, uh, we kind of, we can kind of detour from the, the real hard shit here from a sec, for a second. I want to talk about Sam Houston. And I, I, this is one thing that they talk about in this episode and I, and I, it's something that is relevant to the wrestling business. They, they use the term a good hand and, you know, a good hand in the wrestling business has sort of become the you know, sweet Southern bell, bless your heart of the wrestling business. It's like, it's a way to say that the guy's not bad, but isn't going anywhere either. You know, it's like a good hand used to be, you know, I think it was originally designed as like a, a way to compliment somebody. But I think over time it has evolved into like a, well, you know, they're all right to have on the show, but like you don't have plans for them. They're not going anywhere. And that and that's how they describe Sam Houston. Yeah. Well, again, you know, around his time, right? He's in the NWA. He wrestles a lot for Mid Atlantic Champion, or uh, yeah, Mid Atlantic Championship Wrestling and and stuff like that. Um, that that was part of the NWA. 
think of who all was coming through there. He was having to work with Dusty Rhodes, Ric Flair, the Four Horsemen, all of these people. You had all of these personalities. And while he was a good wrestler, he, he just there was no personality. They tried to push him. They, they, they tried to do stuff with him because he was so good in the ring and, and stuff like that. They gave him the uh, Mid-Atlantic uh, Championship. But, you know, th- th- that was it. Like, like he just, he wasn't going to, he didn't have the charisma of a Ric Flair or Dusty Rhodes or, you know, Magnum TA at the time and stuff like that. He just, he didn't have that, unfortunately. And um, I think also around that time, his demons really started to creep up on him. Because like you, you know, like it said, he marries baby doll and stuff like that. And, you know, the night that he told uh, about uh, people about his engagement, he had 37, you know, alcoholic beverages. To to his credit, it was 32. 32. I don't know why I said 32. There's no need to exaggerate. Sam, yes, yeah, just wrestling. Um, Sam was the least appealing character on this entire show. The person who I believe had the had less like progress through this, and and you know we never got any stories about him being abused or harmed, but we got you get to take that he's not any better. Robin is clearly doing better. Jake has been a long way to getting better. Sam's still crazy as shit. And when, the, when the, he was talking, wanted he me to press him. You know, when people find hard Jesus, you know, where they go that so far into something, they get addicted to Jesus the same way they get addicted to crack and alcohol. And I think that's just a, the, that whole complex. Uh, yeah. Mm. The, the Marty Jannetty flavor. Yes. Of, of all of that. Well, you know, it, they were talking about it on, on Dark Side of the podcast, you know, like, because we, we talked about how Jake, Roberts, you know, he said it himself. Uh, he he hasn't been Aurelian Smith Jr. for thirty something years, and he probably never will be again. Sam Houston is the same way. He has not been Michael Smith for at least you know thirty plus years as well. He is Sam Houston, and he and um, they said that Baby Doll said that like he gets upset when um people don't refer to him as sam houston yeah i mean i can only imagine how hard of a time he had in prison yeah i mean he tried himself yeah i mean yeah and and he thought he was gonna die in jail he was told he was gonna die in jail yeah you know uh he thought he was gonna be in there for 30 years um Here's my thing. I wonder, just from the tone of the way that he said it, I don't know if it's because he's so broken, um, which is why he sounded like this, but the way that he said this, right, he said, oh, my my dad was my hero and stuff like that. I'm like, hmm, like, could he have been abused or was he might not – he might not have been abused like they were. Maybe – for whatever reason, Grizzly Smith took a liking to him. Because you heard that, like, you know, he got busted out by Grizzly. And, you know, he kind of he kind of gives me this impression of, like, you know, you have Jake and Robin, who were, like, the special, like, talented kids. Intelligent. Yeah. And then you have Sam, who's, like, the, you know, he's the guy in all the sitcoms who's, like, the lazy family member that's not going anywhere and like, you know, comes in crashing on the couch at 3 a.m. or gets evicted from his apartment and all that, you know. Yeah. Um he's he's that guy. He's he's the I could never live up to my dad or my siblings guy. Mm-hmm. And it affected him in a different way. It's still trauma. It's a different kind yeah. of trauma. Yeah. We shouldn't we shouldn't minimize that because he clearly yeah. was affected by it. But oh yeah. Absolutely. He was the least compelling like to make you not feel sorry for, but to have some kind of sympathy for and to feel for that person. Sam just didn't seem like he was not an appealing character. Right. Yeah. I mean, I could not, I mean, I could not imagine talking to that guy for like more than 20 minutes. I'm glad that interview never happened. I'll be honest with you. Can you imagine Uh, you would have some stories? Oh yeah. And it's, uh, Lord wrestling. Well, (laughs) So let's get into the surprise here. 
um, you know, we find out that there's another son. We find yeah. out that Richard exists. Um, you know, and this was a thing that was like, okay, it was one thing where the family was so separate and to the point that nobody even, there were people in the wrestling business that didn't yeah. know they were related. But, you know, lo and behold, we find out that there's another child that never even got involved in wrestling. And, I mean, out of all of them, he definitely seems like, you know, he's the most, like, together, like, and least traumatized, you know? Well, he got out quick. Right, exactly. You yeah. know, he, he wasn't in proximity to Grizzly Smith until he was, like, you know, like, to the point where he couldn't harm anybody. Yeah, changing his diaper when he was this when in his last days. Uh, it was a, it was a, it was he was the he was the guy that was almost like a test, you know, like a control in a lab experiment. You know, you have your you have your give these people this placebo, give the other people drugs. Well, he got the placebo and he almost turned out normal with the less <laughs> exposure to Grizzly Smith. Yeah. Yeah. Well, he was given up for adoption too, right? He went, yeah, he went to live to a couple, I can't remember the relationship that could not have children. And yeah. Yeah. I guess he was raised by them. Okay. Yeah. And, and I mean, we, you know, we talk about trauma too. There, there is some because, you know, he said his dad never even apologized to him for giving him up for adoption. Yeah. Um, but I mean, he was obviously very lucky that this happened. Yeah. Because, I mean, he hit the jackpot, folks. If you look at his siblings yeah. and what he could have gone through as a child, I mean, you know, it, and it's like, it seems like he did have the, I mean, I guess somewhat of a relationship with Grizzly in his last days. But, I mean, Alzheimer's is terrible. There's no telling, like, how coherent he was or was not, mm-hmm. um, you know, during that time. And, and, you know, the thing that's really shocking and part of the reason why the episode needed to happen is that they all kept this to themselves until he died. Yeah. You know, it, it, and it's, there's, there's several layers to that, right? Just, it's like you can do an episode peeling that out. Like, you know, it's like where they, they're so terrified of him as, as kids that mm-hmm. even in his old age, they still could not come forward with this stuff. Because there's yep. no telling. I mean, the last the last time that someone tried to come forward against him, they disappeared. Yeah, yeah. And they never found the body. And it was and it was his own daughter, right? It wasn't just someone coming forward. It was his own daughter. Like, right? That's that 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 that's what's even more disturbing. Because I know parents who like, if anything ever happened to their child, they never forgive themselves you know, kind of thing. And just hearing that, like, I, I just, I, I can't uh, even fathom it. And, you know, they asked the Richard that they, they asked him, they said, what, why'd you never get into the wrestling business? He's like, I didn't want to travel. I, you know, that's, that, that wasn't the life for me and stuff like that. So I think that was another reason he turned out more put together because he didn't join the wrestling business, you know, just because- getting into wrestling is enough. Well, how about Grizzly not even smartening his kids up? Yeah, <laughs> that's true. That's that's a that's another interesting take on the whole thing. Yeah, he actually played out the angles in uh, at home. Like Jake, you know, said the story. Like he, um, you know, would play the angle out, and he would act like the guys are coming over to kill him. Basically, like Jake thought that like someone was coming to kill him and stuff like that. And he never told him uh, what was going on. And, he, you know, he says in the episode, I should have figured it out a long time ago. But, you know, you, you don't know that stuff as a child. So, I, you know, I, I can't imagine playing with your kids like that. Like, that's just. Ugh. It was all then about I, control. Then again, I can't imagine a, a lot of stuff that happened in this episode. I mean, and that's it, a good it, thing. Well, yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, it, it just, it's horrible. <laughs> it was, everything was about control. This whole yeah. entire thing was about control. Um, he was, a, he was a victimizer. He was an abuser. He was a clearly a very intelligent man. 
who was also very evil. Yeah, I mean, you you have to think, even the most, like, even, like, abusive parents, most of them have convinced themselves that they love their kid, at yes. least, right? Yes. Like, for you to abuse your kid in any way is fucked up. Yeah. But for you to then kill them or be involved in or complicit in their death, because we don't know, we can't, you know, we don't know. Yeah, we, I mean, we, nobody knows. But for that to happen... I mean, that's another level of like you're just the most fucked up evil person. I mean, that's just that's that's on a level I can't even fathom. You know? Yeah. I, you know, my dad beat the hell out of me, and he was verbally abusive and physical abusive my entire life. Um, and I was traumatized by that. But I, and it took a long time to get over that. But he never did the shit Grizzly Smith did to his kids. I mean, just the just the psychological abuse was fucking horrible. Just yeah. the way he treated those kids and manipulated. He was manipulating his own children. Yeah. And that's a, that's a whole special kind of evil. Yeah, I mean, I used to think that my childhood was rough. Um, because I went through some of the same stuff, like physical abuse. And, and I mean, that that does things to you. But I had it way better than any of these guys, except for Richard, who got, you know, a lifeline out of there. It, you know, it's like these guys had a fucked up childhood. I mean, yeah, not to was... do, not to play comparative suffering here, because that's a, yeah. that's a, you know, that's a zero sum game. That's a lose lose situation. Well, but, well, well, that's. I mean, you know, hearing y'all's stories and stuff like that. I mean, mine's different. Um, my my dad was 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 amazing you know i miss him every day of my life and stuff like that uh so you know i I had a very different childhood so i can't fathom a parent acting like that like i just i can't i i i I can't i can't imagine no it's just as a a parent my only goal i didn't want to be a parent honestly i never wanted to have children because i didn't want to be in that position as affecting someone's life. And I, once I became a parent, uh, my only goal was not to fuck my kids up as bad as my parents fucked my head up, you know, just to give these kids, to give, to give the child a better chance. And parenting is something that has affected me on every level. Uh, it's changed me dramatically, uh, but this is not like, what he did what he did was so just uh, i don't understand there's got to be some form of illness or some form of anger or something with him where you could hurt the thing that could make you proud but then again he had five children for christ's sakes he married multiple women just a horrible human being i'd uh, and I'm yeah. pretty sure none of their mothers were uh, above the age of 20. Oh, no. They were all very young, apparently. Yeah. yeah. Like, Jake's mother was 13. And he was dating her grandmother. Grizzly was dating her, Jake's grandmother and while he raped and impregnated Jake's mother. Yeah. Yeah. Just, oh, my God. Like, the world is a better place without him in it. Here's something. Agreed. Yeah, I I, 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 I got to agree with that statement. Here's something I'm curious about that no one brought up. Maybe the maybe Jake and them didn't know uh, or whatnot. But did anybody think it, what kind of drugs Grizzly was on? Was he on any? I think this was his drug. Yeah. I mean, uh, yeah, you know. like, uh, but I'm just saying, like, like, was he drinking all the time? Was he doing cocaine? Was he, you know, doing all this stuff or just like, was he just sick in the head like that? Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, here's the thing is everybody has their vices, mm-hmm. you know, um, you know, some people get into drugs, some people get into alcohol, some some people get into, you know, cigarettes, tobacco. Some people get into into online gaming. Some, you know, you can you can get if you have the addictive personality, you can get addicted to anything. I think this guy was addicted to control and manipulation. Mm. Um, I, I think there's no way that he did not get some sick satisfaction out of it. 
Um, we we could sit here and talk for two hours and 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 you know peel back the psyche of Grizzly Smith and never come up with anything other than the fact that he was just a bad fucking person. I mean, he probably has some trauma in there too. Um, but you know, it's like bringing that up. It's almost like if you bring it up, are you trying to excuse what he did? Because of course nobody nobody's trying to do that. Yeah. No. Um, you know. So that being said, uh, we are getting close to the end of this. Um, so I want to get everybody's like kind of final thoughts and wrap up here on the episode. Caleb, um, did you have any like takeaways from this or anything else you wanted to add? I'll talk about the takeaways, but real quick, I'll, I'll, I'll start it on a kind of laughter note. Um, uh, I, I have to give my, uh, my favorite person though of the episode, uh, buzz. <laughs> Cause when I saw him immediately, what I what I thought of was was please someone in the background play the background music of what he's round up. <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. That was a lovely mustache he had. I mean, it just what like 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 I just wanted him to say, "Yeah, my biscuits are burning." <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying, like, but but he was obviously very informative and and stuff like that. He was a necessary part of the episode, but just. I, I, I couldn't help it. I was like, oh my God, this, this dude's too much. Um, but no, man. Um, like I said, when I when I heard about this episode before seeing it, that it was the darkest episode of uh Dark Side um that that they've ever done, or at least that's what a lot of people were saying. Um, I was just like, there's no way in hell this is darker than like I said, Benoit and Owen Hart. But then watching this, I just, I, I was like, oh my God. Like I, I was not prepared for where this was going to go. And, and even seeing the disclaimer, I mean, I mean, we've, we've seen some of the darkest stories so far on dark side of the ring. None of them have had a disclaimer. Owen Hart and Benoit didn't have a disclaimer before the right. episode. This episode had to have the warning symbol. Like that just showed you what you were in for. That was preparing you and stuff like that. Um, That's how you knew it was going about to go off the rails. Yeah, exactly, man. Uh, I, I just was like, okay, so where is all this going to go? And then the the pedophileness, the the raping, the. It, the, all this other stuff, I was like, oh my, the murder. Like, I just was like, oh my God. Like, you know, I, I think we've said it before so much on here. Hollywood writers could not write a Hollywood script this, you know, compelling and stuff like that. This, this, you know, I don't want to, I, I don't want to say good or anything. Cause I, I'm not trying to make the situation good, but you get what I'm saying from like a, a TV show story perspective, you know, like they couldn't come up with this. Everyone would be like, Oh, well that's obviously far fetched. And then you're actually hearing it. Like, like it's like, Oh my God. And I knew a lot about Jake's struggles going into this. I did not know anything about rock and Robin and Sam Houston's, struggles as well with this like i was like okay and i'm really glad that we didn't go so much into jake's struggles that it became all about him because again i've already really seen that and i'm sure there's more stuff that we could even learn from that but i'm just glad that they focused on one thing which was grizzly smith just a monster uh, you know robin said that so um yeah, I was. Uh, th th this was a hard episode. Um, it's one though that I, I admit though I've probably watched about five times since seeing it. Like it's just, it's that good. And plus, again, I'm a huge Jake the Snake Roberts fan, man. Like, literally one of the greatest storytellers of all time in pro wrestling. Um, I even loved his little Jake the Snake, you know, quirks in there, like him just smiling. And stuff like that. Even while talking about this horrible stuff, he still is Jake. Pretty much goes to show you, he's not Aurelian Smith. That that dude's gone. Jake the right. Snake is literally who he is. Right. Yeah, absolutely. 
Um, I, I, I agree entirely there. It is, it's tough to, um, it, it's tough to watch, uh, all of it is, but it's, it's, you know, when you said it's compelling, it is, it's the, this could have been a whole season of criminal minds. Yeah. You know, he, you know, it's like, you're watching a car wreck, you know, you shouldn't, yeah. well, but, and, and, and not just that, but I really liked what the episode has done for a lot of people because a lot of people have, you know, given feedback to this episode and they're saying like, man, that really helped to hear that stuff because I've been through that kind of stuff. You never know who's out there watching this stuff and what it, it could, you know, possibly be doing for them. Like it could be helping them. Cause they're like, Hey, this person's gone through these struggles and Jake says it. I think probably the thing that I take away from this the most is the end shot of Jake, the snake saying I survived and he's looking at the AEW arena and stuff like that. That was before he went on pay-per-view and stuff like that. Um, so that's, that's great. I mean, they survived. They might, they're still dealing with it every single day, but they are, they have come out the other side, you know, and that's saying something. Yeah. Agreed. It's powerful stuff. And it, and that's, and it's the reason that they make the episode. Yeah. Right. And, um, you know, I, I, I meant to bring it for this episode, but I actually have one of Jake's challenge coins. Um, and, uh, you know, uh, it says, uh, I'm paraphrasing here, but it says something like my, uh, my past is not my destiny or something like that. It's and, it, and I, I love that. It's really powerful for him, for somebody who's been through the shit he's been through. It's like, if he's been through that, you know, maybe he can inspire somebody else to know that they can get through the shit they've dealt with. Um, that being said, um, Myron, what's your final thoughts on this one? Well, I I think, honestly, I hate to put over our panel here, but the fact that we couldn't figure out Grizzly Smith's personality behavior says a lot of good things about us as people. Um, you shouldn't understand shit like that, okay? Um, I'm glad this episode was made if it helps people. I'm not ever going to watch it again. I'm it's closed to me, but I hope someone can benefit from this because this was a very dire subject and it is stuff that goes on today still in some form, um, in a business like wrestling, what's built on lies and deceit and, and, and convincing people what's real is, is not real. And what's not real is real. This thing could happen. And we hear about it happening on a regular basis especially wrestling recently we've seen something blow up in the local area of wrestling uh folks if you're like somebody where baby doll was in that situation where you see somebody putting a young girl in a car you get out the goddamn car and you call somebody okay let's try to raise awareness that so that these people are stopped in the future agreed that's all my take agreed, agreed. and that's the takeaway from this you know yeah. Um, that being said, um, you know, I uh, this was definitely hard to get through, gentlemen. But you know, thank you for joining me here for this. Um, I want to talk about some of the stuff we have coming up uh, that's considerably lighter. Uh, uh, so, uh, well, I don't, I, I don't know about lighter. Uh, we're get, we're about to talk about Ultimate Warrior for about two hours uh, here shortly, and uh, so that's that's going to be coming out. This episode will hit probably tomorrow. Um, which will be um, which will be Friday the eleventh, uh, and then shortly after that we'll have the Warrior episode coming out. Next week we're going to cover the Dynamite Kid uh, episode of Dark Side of the Ring, um, and then we're also going to be talking about the Mick Foley A and E biography episode. And of course that leaves just the Bret Hart A and E biography episode. That one is coming, but it's going to be probably two weeks before we get to it. Um, I will be honest; I am happy that those are over. I. Uh, <laughs> Uh, I, uh, yeah, uh, you can check those episodes out and, and hear more on why I'm happy those are over. Um, that means the only one folks. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we'll, we'll... and if I'm saying it, then, you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's Dave Meltzer. I'm Cornette. Here. <laughs> you know, he's supposed to be the sunshine rainbows guy. <laughs> um, that being said, man, uh, Myron, thank you for coming. Thank on. you for having me. I, I promise next time you're on the show, uh, we will we will find something where yeah, you know, like, it, like there's no sexual doink the clown or, or, yeah. or um you know anybody <laughs> positive uh 
Yeah, I mean, yeah. you know, any anything like that. Yeah, uh, yeah I'm down so, for it. But I, I soldiered through this episode, and I am a I am very touched that you asked me, and I had a wonderful time, gentlemen. Thank you so much. It's nice meeting you, Mr. Caleb Snowball. Um, yes. Unfortunately, uh, I have to call you James Caleb Kitchens, just, and I don't know what it is. I hope you never grow up to be an assassin. Because <laughs> I, I see James Caleb Kitchens, Lee Harvey Oswald, Mark David Chapman. I can't. I got to figure out how to call you something else, man. Well, at, you know, the funny thing about that is um, people. So when I was when I was when I was young, when I was growing up, I was just Caleb. That's what my parents call me. Uh, and then uh, when I got into like my professional life, it was like that was like people can't spell it or like it's hard for them, which is weird. Uh, especially because we're in the South and it's a biblical name. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, and it's like, you know, it, but, you know, it, if they could read, they'd be real upset. So, you know, that's that's <laughs> a different thing. Uh, and, and so I don't really like any of my names, but I like them all together. Yeah. <laughs> and and so uh, it, I, 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 think, I think James Caleb Kitchen sounds cool. When yeah. I hear that, I think of myself. When I hear James or Caleb, it doesn't, that doesn't really, it's like I answer to it, of course, but like that just doesn't. I don't like, I don't like it. So, so yeah, um, maybe, maybe I, uh, I, I like how they are together. Stay away from school book depositories and we'll be okay. <laughs> yeah. And it's helpful for this because, uh, a lot of our guests that come on will call me kitchens and him Stovall hmm. because it's confusing otherwise, especially people like, uh, like Chris Wiggins who calls me Caleb also. Uh -huh. So, which um, my name is actually Caleb. So. Right. So, yeah. So uh, that being said, folks, uh, we are all out of time. Uh, thank you guys again for joining us. And this, of course, has been an Involved Review.